I'm the boat in It's a Small World. Angelo <laughs> is the animatronics. That's, that's the way sex happens. In the oh, world. my God. everybody hope everyone is doing well welcome to episode six of the three states of sound we're glad to be back and we're really glad to have a uh, a friend with us uh, amber dorsey from uh from carpools to car- to cocktails almost said from carpools to karaoke uh, <laughs> a story for another time um amber welcome we are so glad to have you for this episode yeah so excited to be here. Thanks, y'all. I love y'all. <laughs> um, so tonight, well, first of all, Derek, yes. what are you drinking this evening? Oh, I saw something I, pretty there. It's a, um, so this is a Sambuca uh, whiskey and uh, cherry cocktail. Ooh, oh. did you use the um, Luxardo cherry juice? I did. I got some finally, so I can't wait to make my yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the Luxardo cherry syrup. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Y'all, you y'all are so fancy. Oh, it's Derek. I learned from him. He like <laughs> posts stuff, I steal it, and then I'm like, I'm doing. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I've I've tried to recreate Derek creations, and it just comes out uh, real bad, and I get all embarrassed. Uh, <laughs> he's a good hype man though because he's like you can do this and i'm like no but i'll try <laughs> yeah <clears throat> the only thing i've ever whipped to stiff peaks was my hair in the late 90s <laughs> <laughs> I, thought that, I thought that was going somewhere else yeah, I was like, that was not where i thought that joke <laughs> that's a that's a uh, pop punk reference uh <laughs> Or maybe in sync. You guys don't know my past. Just use your best judgment. <laughs> oh man, this is going to be a fun episode. I can already talk. <laughs> have to keep this on track. Um, so tonight we are talking. Well, first of all, if you, if you'd like to turn the lights down low, because tonight we're talking mm-hmm. about mood music, music yeah. that affects your moods music that you play specifically to support a mood that you're in, or just those songs that you go to for those Mm -hmm. moments that you need a song, which is almost all the time, right? So we're gonna talk a little bit about our own experiences. We're also gonna go through a list of songs. um, And uh, if you guys get a chance on Facebook or on Instagram, let us know what you guys listen to. Maybe we'll add a few of those to the, to the playlist as well. So before we get started on sort of this list of music, I'm curious from all of you. So at what point in your life? I mean, I remember as a as sort of a young person that for me, music was at a certain point or up to a certain point, music was solely about like, like celebration. Like I put on music, I dance or I just have fun or, 
you know, mostly when I heard my parents play music, it was like, you know, Motown or Stax and, and it was just about having a good time. And I don't think I really started thinking about music as something else until I became of age to think about the opposite sex. Uh, and that, and that brought up a lot of, of, of emotions, not just love and infatuation, but also anger and depression, and many other things. So I'm just curious for me to, we'll start with Amber. Is there, is there sort of a, a period in your life that you remember that, that, that music became something more than just? It's funny. I was just, as soon as you said like growing up, I'm like, I can think back to like Saturdays and my mom playing like Bob Marley and like that type of music, Earth, Wind and Fire. But like personally for when I started, I was probably in sixth grade junior high where it really became something like I need to put on this song to feel this mood and like it was like okay so 80s I grew up like Jody Watley Janet Jackson I was all the rhythm nation it was into it and then all of a sudden you get those like you were saying John those angsty feelings and you're like I need to like have somebody express my melancholy. And I feel like that was probably the age, like junior high. Yeah, like 12, 13 when, I mean, it was the early 90s. So it was like early Seattle grunge-ish area. <laughs> so like we were all started getting to that really angsty feeling, our feelings as it were. <laughs> I think. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. I support that. I'm like, I'm like, how old was I when it came? Now I'm like trying to do mental math. Like, God, dog it, I'm old. Oh my goodness. The early '90s was a very angsty period. It was. It was very. very um, I have feelings, <laughs> and yeah. I need to know. I need you to know that I have feelings, and they're all right here on my shoulders. Yep. It was. It was also an interesting. Like point. So you said you were like 13 or 14, just yeah. like the environment in general, there was this interesting air of angst for anybody of teenage year or maybe a little bit old. I mean, just politically, right? We were coming out of like the Reagan and the Bush years. Oh yeah, it was, and, and that's, and we that's really angry. interesting too. Yeah, cause it's that, it was sort of a turning point where even like as a young person, like we were being now exposed to, like having grown up in California, we live in a bubble. So we were only exposed to so much, but then it was like, now we were getting sounds from Seattle and like hearing other types of genres. And it was like, oh, we also have deep feelings. Like they have deep feelings. We're not just like vapid beach people. <laughs> like, yeah. yes, I feel this on the, we're all on the verge. Everybody needs to like put on their flannel and just come <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's 107 degrees, but you have a flannel and a beanie on. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and like a nice hot coffee as well. <laughs> yeah. well what's that? Absolutely. I haven't actually grown out of that stage yet. Like <laughs> that's still where I'm at. But, yeah. You know, it, it seems like it's not so much for me. I think that cause I think every generation has that particular experience because in every decade there's something happening, whether it be Vietnam or whether it be Rodney King beating or whether it be, mm -hmm. Desert Storm or, you know, 9-11 or whatever. So I think we all have those moments that just, it just it's, it's more the moment is a coincidence to your own experience. Once you become self-aware right around puberty, when you start to show that individualism, then you start to adopt things. I'm, not, I'm no longer listening to my mom's music. I'm no longer taking cues from here. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm trying to make my own, it's, it's a way of uh, kind of uh, shaping your own identity and selecting things that you want to carry with you or try to kind of, you know, kind of mold who you are. 
Oh, so, I love that. I love that description and analogy. Like that makes so much sense to me. Yeah. And even, even generationally, you're right, Derek, because the, there could be something that from a, from a contemporary standpoint, there's somebody who could be, you know, 15 or 16 years old and they're listening to a song and it does evoke some sort of emotion. And it may, it, it may not for us, even if we're highly emotional people, there, there could be sort of a confluence of things that, that, that just make that um, much more meaningful for somebody. And, and, well, and unless yeah. you're in the middle of it, you just don't know. And I think that at that age, at that, at that age from, you know, probably, you know, the teen, the, the tween, early teen years, you're, you have to, you're highly impressionable. Mm-hmm. And you're and, 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 and you're trying to kind of find your identity. And music mm-hmm. is one of those ways in which we do uh, kind of showcase, you know, it, it, they become our soundtracks to our right. own personal experience. Yeah. So Yeah, it's like you absolutely have a personal soundtrack to like, I can think, I can tell you at age 15, Mary J. Blige's My Life was the soundtrack to my life. Like, I was like, you couldn't tell me that she was not singing my life, telling my whole life story. Like, this woman is like in her 30s. I have no idea what she's talking about. But, <laughs> like, I get that. Like, it's very much as you become more awakened and aware of, like, all these feelings, now these songs actually have meaning to you and become right. poignant. And you're like, oh, this hits me right in the cortisol. I understand. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, 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 and it's oh, also, to me, it's, it's all those reoccurring themes, you know, because we do, we just happen to grasp onto these things because they are reoccurring. It's, it's, it's sadness, it's love, it's breakup, it's anger, it's angst, it's all of that. These things are continually happening. And no matter, it's like you said, you know, it's like we always say, you never step in the same river twice because there's always that confluence of stuff coming at us and we just happen to kind of leech on to whatever is representative of what we're going through at that particular time. Yeah. God, I mean, it's a Midwestern statement. We never step in the same river twice. <laughs> Nobody in California is saying that. Yeah. <laughs> but I love it. I'm stealing it and I'm using it later. <laughs> you never go to the same beach twice. How's that? There, True story. there it is. <laughs> I love and if it. a frog's ass was watertight, he wouldn't get wet a hopping. Oh. <laughs> is that Ar- is that some Arkansas logic? That's, right that's Arkansas wisdom. It's talking about amphibian sp- sphincters. Uh, it's very appropriate for life. Right. Okay. <laughs> Always oh, appropriate. Man. All right. Yeah. I think I, I'm over-caffeinated today, guys. I'm sorry. Is that, that before good. or after the moonshine? During? <laughs> that's the way you make moonshine is you make yeah, I was like, isn't there like you have to lick a frog or something yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you soak a frog on your tongue for uh 14 or more seconds that's how you absorb the moon and then you put out the shine through your urine and you put it into a mason jar you give it to your grandma who then gives it to your aunt who gives it back to you that's the fermentation process mm-hmm. um, oh. it's, it's science i mean I could I could go into it, but yeah, it sounds very very complex. Right, uh, Josh, how about you? Do you have uh, any stories uh, or something you remember? Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, I, I I got into music at at a really young age. I had an older sister that that got me there, but but as you were saying earlier, uh, you know, it it was more about just enjoyment and joy and things like that. And then as the '90s rolled in, there was that angst and everything. But the 
I think the first time that music became uh, a therapeutic for me that, that really lifted my mood uh, in that melancholy way was, and, and I'm about to bring the party down, but uh, my best friend died when I was a freshman in a tractor accident. And when I got, when I got the word, you know, I was at school and I'd like gone out of town with a, with another friend. And uh, it was like, you know, the, my friend who passed away wanted to go with us, but he couldn't because, you know, uh, they only one kid could stay the weekend up at Fort Smith. And, uh, and so when we got back, like I, I had no idea that this had happened and I, I show up to school and then I find out uh, that he'd been in this accident and then that he passed away. And so when I get home, you know, obviously I'm just devastated and go into my room and turn on the radio and Eric Clapton's uh, tears in heaven. Tears always, always. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's like, as, um, that's like so cliche as that would be <laughs> to like put in a, in a commercial, <laughs> you know, it's like, Oh, what's uh, the sappiest song that you can pull in when someone passed away. But I tell you, it, it, it helped me in that moment. And I just, you know, really listened to that song. Um, and, and it felt like, you know, my, my friend Toby was, uh, you know, communicating to me through that. And, uh, and still when I hear that song, you know, it just, uh, it takes me back to that place of, of, of sorrow, but of also just sort of that, you know, uh, fond memories of him and, uh, like that's when I really discovered the power of music, uh, in, in, as a therapeutic for sure. Absolutely. God, I, told you, I, I told you I was going to bring it down. I was like, no, I'm like, y'all are making me think so hard about like all these albums that have like, Oh man, how I used to play this and be like, super like, Oh, I need to feel a certain way. So I'm going to put on this. <laughs> yeah. It's like, going to be amazing. Oh, Oh, you're killing me right now. Like my mind is, out of control the way that it's moving. <laughs> it's cracking me up. All right, how uh, about you, Derek? Dick. Um, man. So many it's so it's so many. Um I remember um this is so this is kind of uh this is kind of strange, but I used to listen to every Sunday uh I used to because no one else listened to Casey Case and American Top 40 uh, in my family. Um, so I used to get into the car at Old Pontiac and and I would get in the car in the driveway and I would turn on the car and I would, I would you know, how you turn the key on, but just not started, just, you know, just enough to have the power on. And uh, and I would, I'd find the station and I would listen to Casey Kasem's, uh, you know, Top 40. And, and that's how, I mean, that's when I kind of discovered, because when you're in like, I think it's probably the same for most household. There's only a few different types of music that you listen to. My mom was into country and gospel. My dad really didn't care. So it was like, those were the things that we listened to. And then my mom was really big into uh, Al Green. So it was like, those, those things were the only things that I listened to. I didn't listen to, uh, it's when I discovered the Eagles. I remember when I discovered Hotel California, when it was on, American Top 40, <laughs> listening to that song, it totally like kind of blew my mind because I'd never heard anyone sing like that, you know, before. 
yeah you know in this, in this kind of story kind of we could because you hear the song you can you could actually see those images you know so that was a, a, a kind of a cool song for me that was outside of because even gospel you think about gospel and country and al green they all kind of have a lot, especially African-American gospel. I mean, they're all steeped in the blues. I was going to say, that's super heavy. <laughs> There's like messages in there. Yeah, but they all, but they all have like this blues kind of, kind of, you know, feel gospel, you know. Uh, and so when I listened to the, the Eagles, it was just totally different, you know. And then my grandpa listened to jazz, but still it was a, those four types of music were, were, were more, had more in common than they did with the Eagles, because the Eagles was just totally different. But I do remember listening to Hotel California and being kind of blown away by that, uh, that kind of imagery that the kind of song evoked. And, kind of, and, and, and then when you listen to American Top 40, it kind of expands your mind to different genres. It wasn't just R&B, it wasn't just this, it was, it was, it was other stuff too. So that was a kind of a turning point for me to, to kind of signal to me that there's other stuff out there. And and so here we are, uh, many years later. And I like all kinds of music. So I love that. I think that's so important too. Is that you have that because it's what you're saying is so true. Is like you grow up in a household and you kind of listen to what your parents listened to growing up. Like they listen to a specific thing. You and so that's by the default. And like getting into top forty for the first time, and you're like, what is this snappy little? Well, all right, I got a nice little. Uptake to it, I'm into it, and then right, you like. Right. It's not like you could. Are these Bay City Rollers? Right. <laughs> but it was like nice. It was back in the day. You could at least go to like a Tower Records or someplace and like learn more about the artist and this genre as a whole. Whereas now, I mean, now you can Google, but it's not the same. Where you're like, I don't know who these people are. What are the lyrics on this? <laughs> been singing the wrong words for 25 years on some song. Oh right, yeah right. <laughs> my favorite my daughter is 18 and she'll be like mom that's not the words and i'm like ah, actually it is that's what i've been saying for the last 15 years so that's the words i don't care what you say that's right it's like a common law marriage if you do it long enough it becomes a, a legal thing yeah yes i feel like that especially with song lyrics like i'm so wrong so wrong on so many things <laughs> so josh made up some uh some uh what do you call them allegations like groupings oh, <laughs> yes uh, that was long ago um uh some groups man why am i some struggling to, to some prompts here we go yeah so i want uh, josh i want you to kind of introduce each of these because so far you've done a great job at, at at sort of introducing your your list for the prior episodes so i kind of i kind of like how you how you introduce these so the first the first group we have here that we're going to name some songs albums um, is hype music and gripe music. So, Josh, tell us a little bit about about what we're gonna what we're gonna talk about here. All right. So, hype music. What is it that you put on, uh, or what is it if it comes on, just gets you hyped up? It gets you energized, ready to go. Uh, and then, gripe music. When you just are feeling pissed off, this is really that angst thing we're talking about, and you and you just want to commiserate with some music and let out your aggression what is your gripe music so all right who's going first who's who's on the hype who's a hype man 
Ladies first. Yeah. Ladies first, yes. Okay, ladies first. Okay, hype music. Ooh, that's a good tricky one. So I'm a straight up gangster rap fan, uh, which is ridiculous if you have ever seen me in real life because I'm pocket sized and live in suburbia. But I live for 90s gangster rap. So, um, anything Tupac, anything Tupac, pretty much. I'm like, if it was on, um, all eyes on me album. Like I'm, I'm ambitions as a writer is like my theme song that is, is, I don't care where I am. If it plays, I'm a walk away from you. I love you, but I'm a walk away. Um, <laughs> California love, obviously, because I'm a gangster and I am from California and that is like my go-to, go-to, go-to hype music. But also like if I'm going out with my girlfriend, there's actually, so Brooke, this is a long time ago, Brooke Valentine's artist slash rapper in like the early 2000s. And she's got a song called Girl Fight. And my girlfriend and I, live, we live, shared an apartment. Like that was our hype music. Like we'd be put, we'd put her on or we'd put on some Keisha Cole and it'd be loud singing. We'd be singing in our mascara ones. And then we would go to dinner. <laughs> but we'd be like, yeah, it's about to be a girl fight swinging bows and doing all of that and then like put on like the lace shirt or whatever and the sparkles <laughs> go like on a date but be fully like I need that something about that to get me like amped up and then I'm like okay I'm gonna go sit down and have a white wine spritzer <laughs> like, <laughs> like oh, <laughs> I don't know if I have great music though either though I'm like ooh, do I I mean I guess Alanis always Alanis mm. Jagged Little Pill was like, to this day, I'm, I, I'm still mad at Miss Rona because I was supposed to go see Alanis on my birthday this year and I should have been singing off key to You Oughta Know with like 9,000 other middle-aged women, but I was not. So that is my gripe music is straight up just like Alanis, yeah, Alanis, sometimes Tori, Fiona Apple too. Oh, Fiona. God, when the you pilot. are a woman of the '90s with those three right there. Right? <laughs> yeah. like, did I just like totally crush 1995? <laughs> yeah, it's like every girl I hurt in high school, which was none because they didn't talk to me, so you can't hurt people you don't talk to. Uh, they had those T-shirts, like the cool girl that had like the the ripped shirt. It's Tori. Amos. Yes. Yeah. It's like, and it's funny because I didn't really get into like Tori and Fiona until after high school. Alanis has always been, she's a Gemini like me. So we're both simpatico, but like Tori and Fiona wasn't until college. And then it was like, Oh, I'm in a mood. Yeah. You guys are going to get this. And then there was that semester in college Lauren Hill's The Miseducation of Lauren Hill. You kind of knew what kind of day we were having. My uh, roommate and I lived in these really cool fake like apartments on off campus. And we were right on the front of the street. So you could see our apartment. We had a red light. Yes, we were those people with the red light on. So you knew what was going on. And you could always tell what kind of day we had by what Lauryn Hill songs were. <laughs> like, if you walked in and it was like, and it hurts so bad, just turn around and walk away if you're a dude. Just walk out. Because it's not going to end well for you. But, like, if we're all rocking out to, like, Zion or something else, then people are like, yes, come on in. It's a good time. It's a good time. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Joshua. Am I next? What about 
You should okay. be next. For me, my hype music is uh, one that, that I keep going back to, and it's just the drums. The drums drive this song, and it's uh, The Rat by Walkman. Yeah, yeah. And it's, uh, you know, it's kind of an angsty song, but I don't get the angst out of it. It's just that drum driving drum beat that just like, ah, I think I could lift a, a car off of a baby when that comes on, even if I don't know the baby, it could be like a baby I have zero cares about. And if that song is on, I'm like, I'll help you baby. Um, but, but, but that's, that's a great one. Um, really, really into that. And also um, in, in kind of a different type of hype is uh, race for the prize by flaming yeah. lips. Uh, that song gives you just sort of an, optimism about the world in a weird way um i mean i guess the lyrics are like racing to the prize to save all of mankind both of us side by side uh so it's kind of an optimistic song but it's just like the drums again are the driving song behind that and it's like the the recording is like they're smashing these drums on a pop song you know it's got pretty little piano melodies and stuff but it's like you know it's like they're just going off on it. So it's like that combination is great. That song was a, it was kind of like a game changer for me too, because I had never heard anything like that before. The way they, they constructed that song was so interesting. Yeah. Uh, and, it, and, it, and it's one of those songs that is a, uh, you could never recreate anything quite like that song. Mm-hmm. It, There's insane. a great documentary that Pitchfork did about, um, about the album oh my god sorry josh what's the name of the album that uh, race for the prize is on uh soft bulletin yeah the soft bulletin uh yeah pitchfork has this great documentary and they break it down song by song and it's wonderfully done so if you get a chance it's like 20 minutes it's it's on youtube so it's a great little peek into that that album process but it's funny we're, t- we're talking about these songs and how they affect you and the, the two songs that you mentioned josh well, the 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 uh, the rat by by the Walkman. Well, that's your hype music. That one gets me angry. I, that's like a gripe song for me, and and race for the prize always makes me tear up. I always get a little choked up. I think it's just Wayne Coyne's voice, and there's something about that song that it's kind of heartbreaking. Like, well, yes, while 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 it's optimistic, it kind of breaks my heart too. Yeah, yeah. No, it's this. That's the power of the music. You know, the power of the music. Uh, and then the power of love by Celine Dion is my third. Uh, you perfect segue. <laughs> I was he was say that. That. Uh, gripe music. Oh, I got so much gripe music because you know I'm a metalhead, punk lover. Um, I would say, but the number one gripe music, if I'm just like really pissed, is uh, appropriately named uh, "Fucking Hostile" by Pantera. Uh, <laughs> Super aggressive and yet fun. I'll just leave that one for the gripe music. Uh, <laughs> well, all right, I'll, I'll throw one more. Uh, Leviathan, uh, wait, crap, forgot the name of the song, but uh, the album Leviathan by Mastodon, Blood and something. Ah, man, I can't remember the name of the, the, the one track, but Leviathan by Mastodon is another great anger, letting out some, some energy, frustration. It'll be on the playlist. Uh, yeah. And Bring the Ruckus by uh, Wu-Tang. 
So oh, there you, go. you are speaking my language right there. Yeah. And the Lincoln Park for the whew, yes. <laughs> nice. Okay. So so those are mine. John, what you got? Oh. My oh my hype songs. So there there's something about those like late nineties, early, maybe, maybe more early two thousands. No, like late lighting, late nineties, all of those like English rock anthems, like, like those bands, like doves and Oasis. And there was something about that type of music that sort of like, it was, it was, it was almost like pub music. I think they used to actually call them like, like lad bands in, in England, like, like, like the, the songs that you'd listen to in a pub and they just kind of, just kind of get you going but there was something about that english that english rock during during the um the mid 90s that really gets me going like uh, yeah i really like that a lot and then my um i've always liked sort of angular post-punk like sort of dance punk music but there was one song that i remember that when i worked at the boys and girls club in westminster california um I remember this kid walking into the club, or sorry, yeah, in, into the Boys and Girls Club, and he was playing, um, he was playing, <laughs> he was playing uh, Bad Boy for Life by Diddy. And <laughs> that, that, that like angular, like guitar sound, yes. Oh my God, how can you not? It, like, I put that song on when I'm like on a treadmill, and I can't walk or run on the treadmill in a normal way. It's like- <laughs> You have to like bop to it. it yeah. It's a very specific. You have to like cadence. strut, like yeah, yeah, something that just happens to my body that I'm not familiar with. And I'm also I that person it. that walks like the neighborhood with music with headphones on. I'm like the Apple iPod commercial girl, like I'm dancing. And like that. So I get it completely. Yeah. So that song, and then speaking of like the English bands, there's a song called Vlad the Impaler by a band called Kasabian, and that song too. That's one that gets me going. In fact, I have a playlist that I have those two songs back to back. So that's, that's, that'll get me going any, any night, any day. Um, my gripe music, two things. One, uh, an album that I think I mentioned two weeks ago or last week. It's that, it's that Nine Inch Nails EP that I think, I, if I remember, it's, it's called Broken, I, I believe. Um, mm -hmm. That, yeah, that is, that, that kind of just maintains my anger in a, in a good way. Uh, in the same way that um, Fugazi, Fugazi's album Repeater, that is one that I go to quite often when I just know I'm pissed off and I just want to stay pissed off. So I will, I will listen to that. But the majority of Fugazi's uh, repertoire kind of makes me feel that way. So that's, that's my great music. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Good job, John. Star. You did a good job. We're proud of you. I made it. <laughs> All right. So Derek. Worthy. What? What do you want? <laughs> we want you to join this podcast. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm totally here. Um, uh, hype music, gripe music. Uh, Probably for me, anything uh, Fear of a Black Planet from uh, Public Enemy. Yes, yes. Oh. So that's, and then also, um, well, then I can also throw in um, NWA. <laughs> so, 
Wait, is this is this your hype or your gripe? Oh, that's my. That's I mean, my it technically be both, depending <laughs> on the. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. But um, you know what? I, I also like uh, House of Pain as hype music. Insane in the uh, Insane in the Membrane. That was like one of my. When I heard that song, that's another song that just kind of like just kind of changed things, you right. know, because it it wasn't like a typical rap because it was like some of the kind of kind of punkish kind of rockish kind of rapish and it was it was just uh kind of a and then it, it was it was interesting very interesting song so yeah but derek i, I think you mean cypress hill cypress hill i know i correct that my, I, I was correcting house myself. of pain is jump around, jump but around. they have that exact uh, same both of them i was like i was a cheerleader and we did dances to both of those songs and you can hit the same eight counts to both songs i'm yeah. just saying no they're like the same song but different it's weird Didn't they I tour together? the same thing yeah they yeah. did and they, they did, used right? to do, um an up and smoke tour yeah. right I'm, I'm, <laughs> i have some stories about that tour when it came to detroit it was crazy <laughs> absolutely insane and um in that documentary L, uh, la original they talk about that tour during the during the documentary. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah. I remember I was working at Henry Ford Hospital and which is in, in Detroit. And when that tour bus came in, we had to be going downtown. Me and my buddy, the tour bus was parked outside of their like hotel where they were staying at, and there was a line of like seventy or eighty girls. Oh, I thought you said there. I, <laughs> I thought no, you were going there was a line of smoke was coming. Probably that too. Yeah, that too. I've been to their concerts. I've seen the tour bus. It's yeah, it was entertaining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I mean, look, if that's what you get paid to do, I'm not mad at your hustle. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, before we move on, there's a song that I totally forgot, and and I always I tried to explain this to somebody one time. So the um the EPMD song, uh, you got to chill. Oh. Uh, so. I've told people that like my, my sort of limited knowledge, although I love it, my limited knowledge of hip hop and, and rap history and, and music, that for me, a good rapper, the, the opening lines always sound like they just walked in through the door in a party and just started <laughs> rapping. Like just walked in in the middle of the party and just started going. And the opening to, to You Guys to Chill, that's what it sounds like. It sounds like it just walked in and then started. So there's, that's, that song will always, uh, will always Ugh. get me going and get any party I going. That song so there you go. on single. Okay. Oh nice. That single. How about that? Yes. There okay. you go. Oh John, man. John, that that busting in the door uh and rapping made me think of another great hype song that always gets me going in a fun way. Uh and it's by um OG Mako and it's called uh, Bitch You Guessed It. <laughs> <laughs> and it's kind of like a lo-fi trap song and that the, the 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 flow delivery of the rapper is so weird because sometimes it's like talking like this and then sometimes it's like bitch you guess it you know it's like it just goes hard and it's like you was right <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of my favorite rap songs and it's so oh, it's so out there but it always gets me hyped so okay. oh, <laughs> just throwing that one on there too I want. I, I'm throwing it. It's on there right now. I just added it. Um, another one of my songs um, is got to be uh, "Rage Against the Machines." Bulls on Bulls on Parade. Yeah, that's a great video yeah. too. Yeah, that and that was the and that was another one of those. That was another one of those bands that just kind of like you just know, Zach Melarocha, and when he's you know he's got the 
kind of dreads thing going on. And he's, is he white? Is he, is he, who is he? What is he? And he's, he's just, he's doing this. And, and then they're playing the guitar and they're, it's crazy. It's absolutely, uh, it was a game changer. Another one of those, yep. yeah, those, those rap songs that just kind of twisted it and, and merged different genres. And it was insane and a passion and his voice. And it was just kind of bonkers. But that's um, how I feel about Lincoln Park. Like I just, they changed everything for me where I was like, what is this? This is amazing. <laughs> like numb is one of my other hype songs. Um, someplace, somewhere I belong to like I, my friends and I have a joke that we cannot listen to Lincoln Park Meteora and drive because it makes us drive fast. And two out of four of us have gotten speedy tickets whilst listening to the CD. <laughs> <laughs> This is not a good look, but maybe I shouldn't be screaming. I've become so numb whilst banging on the steering wheel and doing 105 down the freeway. <laughs> it felt like a good time in the moment. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got your record expunged eventually, so you're fine. True. I am of age now that it's not even on there. There you go. It, it, it aged out. Yeah. <laughs> All right, move us along. Go okay. to next. Uh, uh, well, you choose, John. You choose. Ooh. We got our pairs, so I we'll, know we'll switch it up. Yeah. Oh, I know what I want. Oh, Derek knows what he wants. What do you I want to do, do Derek? Make, I want to do the making out, and making love. That's <gasps> making out and making love. There we go. Get mm. into now. Now it is time to turn the lights down low. Who's gonna start? Down low. Who's gonna start? Derek. Yeah. You, yeah. you want to start? You know. I'm going to go, you know what the first, one of the first songs that I thought was just so provocative uh, for an R&B singer um, was um, Sexual Healing, Marvin Gaye. Mm. Yeah. I'm a big Marvin Gaye fan anyway, but that, that song was so kind of, because it, it, was, it was making no qualms about what he was talking about. Like a lot of uh, kind of R&B songs before, like in the 80s and 70s, you know, before they were kind of like alluding to whatever you were doing. But this one was like, you knew exactly what was going on. Yeah. So, At least you hoped that you knew what was going on. <laughs> Pathetic people like me that had no idea what was going on. I was like, I didn't know what was going on. (laughs) You pretend. Like, uh, just put on a bunch of cool water because uh, you think that's what ladies like. Cool water. Here we go. Cool water. You can splash that Dracar Noir on you. uh, It's like almost, it's like every once in a while you get these songs that come out, like making Whoopi back and probably never that was probably kind of like that was the version of that song maybe 20 or 30 years ago. Clarence Carter has a strong I'll be stroke it. Oh, I love that song. Came out in like the 50s or 60s and we laugh because I'm like, y'all talk about the music that we listen to. Like you got people who are pissed about WAP. You got people who are pissed about Lil' Kim when I was a kid. And then I'm like, but y'all were listening to Clarence Carter. Talk about stroke it, Clarence Carter. Ma'am! Ma'am! You cannot say that! Don't stroke so fast. And if my stuff ain't tight enough. Like, they were really explicit. And you were like, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Man. But yeah, oh. but that's when you like everybody. If you look at the timeline between when when Making Whoopi came out and Stroke It and Sexual Healing, there's got these aren't these all didn't happen at the same time. Right, they're like decades of, uh, uh, you know apart. 
So it's like when, with, with every so often you get these songs that make that edit, you knew exactly, well, if you were, if you were a certain uh, capacity to understand, well, you know, <laughs> but you knew it was like very direct to the point. I'm stroking, you know what's happening, you know? So, yeah. And that song was like, when I first heard that song, I'm like, wow, this is just so, it kind of blew me away because of how obvious it was. It's like, wow, they're actually playing this on the radio. This is insane. <laughs> hmm. And now the radio is like, oh, I'm sorry. That was, wow, that was a lot for uh, 8 o'clock in the morning. That was more than I expected. <laughs> but, but you know, do you know they have a stroke and extended mix, too? That's, you know, it's another. Everybody's grandparents are like, they all have the extended mix. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's hilarious. I love it. <laughs> that is the uh that's going to be like the tagline for this episode right there there you go josh make sure you write that one down extended yeah. stroke it the extended mix, the extended mix. Right. all right <laughs> um so ma making out and making, making love out. making out let's go make, making make out. i think anything by for i don't know there's so many there's so many things to choose from but i think um you can't go wrong with new edition mm. you know Oh. Nothing gets me in the mood uh, than like five boys singing. And five <laughs> hey. 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 All my world, I need your love. You gotta cool it down. <laughs> right. I mean, that's classic. You know, you know, Revisiting my my comment about uh, about being pathetic, I think I've mentioned this to you guys a couple episodes ago. But my first proper concert, and it was me and three three females. I went to see Belle Biv DeVoe, Keith Sweat, and Johnny Gill. Oh. And I saw I, that concert. <laughs> are you serious at the forum? Yes. Did you really? Oh my God, that's awesome. I went to that concert. Oh man. Oh, and there was no making out for me after that. And now I don't know. You spend the night with Johnny Gill and Keith Sweat and you're not able to make out with anybody. That's pretty sad. No. That's pretty sad. I was too young for any of that. Like I was just a third wheel. I was third wheel in it with my older brother. Oh my <laughs> God. Friend. But yeah, like I remember going being like, I'm at a concert. <laughs> that was a and concert. then I'd have to go with uh, probably uh, Mint Conditions, Breaking My Heart. Oh. And then uh, of course, uh, and then uh, 112. Can you guess what 112 song? Ooh, not Peaches and Cream. There's another one off of that um, album that I know. Oh, I can't remember the name of it right now. That's going to make me crazy. Tell me. I like, I like the Only, Only You with uh, featuring uh, Notorious B.I.G. Yeah. <laughs> So fun fact, I used to work in promotions in Atlanta and they were one of our artists. Oh, so wow. we kind of, yeah, had sort of a low key friendly relationship with. <laughs> That's awesome. And we went to see them perform. And when I tell you, I have never actually seen young women scream like they do, like on the Michael Jackson documentaries where they're like tearing at their clothes and stuff like that. They did that for 112. And I was like, well, this is just fascinating. That's <laughs> that I did not. Okay. <laughs> I was not prepared for that level of girl fandom. My well, it was the same. Like, I remember my mom and the dad's talking about, they were big, like, they were like, you know, uh, Marvin Gaye. And then it was like, they were really big. Her and her girlfriend, Cora, were really 
big uh, Teddy Pendergrass. Oh my God, my mom and her homegirls, same. Teddy P, oh Smokey, God. and Marvin. Right, and then they would tell, I remember they would tell, I remember they were showing a clip of him in concert and the women were throwing their panties up on the yeah, stage. on stage. It's the craziest, if you've never been there, or like, or if you're experienced, it's like an out-of-body experience. I'm like, this is not a real thing. Like, that's something that they do. Like, people are affecting this. Like, I thought it was an affectation. No, 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 turns out women are actually doing this. Right, and I'm right. like, this is fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I saw this happen, but this was, uh, this was not with the, the person you would think it would uh, – panties would be dropping for uh, <laughs> this was for kenny rogers and this was oh. actually uh, i would not be surprised i believe that kenny rogers is the panty dropper but kenny rogers at this point oh, was like 65 and what? the girl that was uh freaking out was about 22 um uh, yeah it was my yeah, friend in jacket. college uh she was uh she's an odd bird she has some daddy issues. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, her childhood crush was John Candy. And then we went oh. to. Uh, <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she's body positive. I mean, I was all for that. Uh, yeah. And we went to a Kenny Rogers concert and she's like, oh, I'm going to go down to the front and see if I can get like a photo. And so, you know, I'm, this is like in a stadium at the Oklahoma City Fairgrounds, right? And, and so I'm like looking and I can see, and her name was Candy, and I can see her down there and, and I see her and then I see like Kenny Rogers is like going, like touching the fingertips of all the adoring ladies who most of them were, you know, uh, 50 plus Karens down there. But no, there's 22 year old cute Candy. And, and so Kenny Rogers reaches down to, you know, shake her hand a little bit. And then I see he's like trying to pull away and she's just got his finger in a vice grip and she's just like, ah, and, and you could see from the stadium away, like, oh, like pulling away, like what the hell? And then she came back. I was like, Candy, did you grab Kenny Rogers finger? She's like, yeah, I couldn't let go. It was amazing. Oh God. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was fun. Time. That sounds like a, 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 the makings of a book. <laughs> the candy romance of state fair and just like that candy and kenny what happens at the fair yeah just I'm like totally that, kenny rogers has been added to the playlist yeah. <laughs> things that i did not expect to hear you say in 2020 <laughs> building as um, we go. but i you know i'm not i'm not uh i'm not gonna deny kenny rogers sexiness at mm. all. I can totally understand it. It's the beard. Yeah. It is the beard. It's, it's absolutely the, the beard. My beard I think is it's silver and it's the beard. Yeah. Like it was the chicken. Silver fox. Oh. If I can get my hair to feather. It's not just that it's silver, it's very shiny. So it looks like it's clean. Therefore, as opposed to like a ZZ top <laughs> type of beard, you know what I mean? Where he's like, where you're like, hmm, you might have snacks in there. But yeah. Kenny looks like he got, he brushed it. He's probably put like a wave cap on it or done some things. Like it's a, definitely a conditioner treatment happening. Right. It, it smells fresh. Whereas like, uh, you know, the ZZ top beard smells like Velveeta. Right. So, Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm, I'm so, I'm, I'm so I got, I have to admit that because my mom was in country and my uh, was in the country also. And she was a Kenny Rogers fan. I, I could probably sing, lady word for word I, i'm 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 pretty sure 
I'm going to take you up on that dare right now. Go ahead. <laughs> well, not right now. No, no. Uh, you, you don't want to hear me sing it. You really don't. <laughs> no, I'm doing you a favor by not doing it. So. You know, the duet that he did with Julio Iglesias made every uh, Mexican family in Southern California a Kenny Rogers fan. Everyone. They, yeah, they, they all owned that record. <laughs> they all did. Because it's right. Julio. And like, because it's Julio. Yes. Yeah. And, like, we're not doing anything without Julio. Come on. <laughs> oh, well, well, I did not expect that we would be talking about Kenny Rogers for about 20 minutes. <laughs> well, we're talking about making love. What did you think was going to happen? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and we didn't bring up Conway Twitty once. Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, where are we? <laughs> I don't even know where we are. Who's uh, where, it's either it's it's either you or or John. No, it's you, John. It's me. It's you. Yes. Oh, okay. So uh, making out and making love. I'm just gonna smash these together. Oh, that's probably a bad thing. This. So, <laughs> I was um, like, oh come on, John. Really? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, oh, so uh, the band the XX, and also Portishead. There's something about the XX and Portishead. They have that that that. That, that sort of driving bass, that very slow, um, that slow burn uh, that to me just screams sex, making love, making out. Yeah. So the XX, um, Portishead, FKA Twigs too. There's just something about that. And that's I also... A, that's that? a big leap. That's a big leap. Why? Kind of got no, that slow... Light. I mean, time-wise. Oh, time-wise. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, two, you, got really, you, got, you got really modern with that, you know, very contemporary with uh, um, FKA Wigs. FKA FK Wigs. <laughs> well, I do, I, I do actually have a playlist. So, so what? Should, so, I, should I reveal these songs? I, I, I want to know what Portishead uh, song sends you. That's oh, un, um, the song Undenied. Okay. You know that song? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was a big Portis. I still am a big Portishead fan. I think most of that second album, I, I think you're pretty safe putting on the second album and just letting it go and then getting your groove on mm -hmm. a little bit. So there you go. And also the XX, I think you can put, you can put their first two albums on and just let it go. Let it go. Yo, put it Always. on repeat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's making out and making love for me. Mm. Oh, hilarious! <laughs> this is so funny to me. <laughs> All right, Amber, do you want to go? All right, I've got um, Jodeci, Diary of a Madman, mm. for both. Like, I mean, and I mean, we can throw Maxwell in there to the making love because, oh like, man, yeah. But, Maxwell can just whoo, 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 and panties are like, ta-da! <laughs> like, ah, you don't even have to look at me sideways. It's just, it's <laughs> automatically going down, right? Um, but like Jodeci's Fiendin, like that is the full-blown makeout song. Like if you are not, like if it comes on and you got a boo and y'all are not like ready at the end of that, I don't know what you guys were doing. What were you discussing? The Dewey Decimal System? Like what's happening here? <laughs> That's... It's classic. They're in the desert in leather. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, they committed. They're like, they committed. we are going to make a video. We are going to sweat nearly to death, but the sex is going to need you drift. to know that There's... we are fiending for you. Right. And even though it makes no logical sense that we are out here in the middle of the desert in hot leather with <laughs> baseball caps on and 
That's how hot they are. That's how hot. But, um, yeah, pretty much like Cry For You. Like they had so many songs on that album that was just like, yep, yep. The, the thing about Jodeci, because that was Devante Swing, it was so funny because he was so young and it was oh writing, God, yeah. producing. And that was another game-changing band too because they kind of like that, that, you know, this is right in the midst of New Jack Swing or right at the end of it, but right right in that particular time period. And he was just putting out, you know, and he's against some heavyweights. He, you know, oh, he's yeah. against, uh, he, he, was, he was vying with some guys that were twice. Devontae was like, he was their whole sound. He is the only reason, he's the reason that Jodeci is Jodeci because we would not know, like, between him and Mr. Dalvin and the way that they were producing, like, once right. it was just, AC and JoJo, they were like, man, I want to hear just the two of them. Like, he's a crackhead, and that's his brother. I want to listen to all four of them. Once the crack got him and he crashed and burned, that was it. That, they're, it they're was done. it. That was it. Like, that was a wrap. But that that album was so definitive to me, for me. Just, I mean, like, even looking at the album cover and the art, it's all very, like, it's very sensual. And you're automatically like, yes, I'm in a place where I'm like, let's go. What do we want to do? Like, so we're going to, we're going to kiss after this, right? Like, this is what we're doing. We're not just going to, you're not going to take me home. Like, we're going to make out in this car for 20 minutes. Yes. Right. Yes. That that's mine. Both Jodeci and Ma I mean Maxwell. Anything like he's just. <sighs> you know a song that I really I really kind of really liked. Um, even to, I was actually just playing it the other day, and kind of the evolution. He took a song. I like when artists like you have an original artist that sings the song, you know, mm. and then you have the artist that makes the songs wildly popular, <laughs> you know. So <laughs> and, and 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 that was the case. Uh, with, you know, with, with, uh, no, that was, a, that was a case with this woman's work. Yes. You know, and you had, you had Kate Bush who sung it and I, and I love the Kate Bush version. It was, it was fine. But Maxwell's is so profound. Because yeah, now you have not only, not only is he doing a song, but it's a guy. Mm -hmm. And it's a black guy. You had, you had, I never paid attention to the lyrics until right. he sang it. And then I was like, Oh, I fully would understand what he's talking about. This woman's work. Oh my God. How, and I didn't know about Kate, but she was like, what is this? Yeah, it's amazing. Because see, that's the thing about, because I was, I was into, that was like right in my wheelhouse at the time because I was into alternative music at the time. And like Kate, but that song, Kate Bush was a, a giant. Mm -hmm. um, so I remember listening to that mm -hmm. song and I, and I loved Kate Bush's delivery of that song it was beautiful, mm -hmm. um, and then, but then when Maxwell did it, what twenty years later, probably, mm -hmm. um, and then he and there's a guy from New York, you know, with, with this voice that's crazy, that's even crazy, and then his his execution of the song was so different, uh, and it just kind of took it to the next level, and it was just amazing. Um, but yeah, that that's that's a great a great song. He's just, he's like a whole next level artist. Like I, I, I just don't even, I can't even wrap my head around him as an artist. Like what? You're just, and you're cute. Okay. <laughs> well, I didn't think that part of it, but yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, come on, Derek. Maybe a little. <laughs> he's easy on the eyes. Let's be honest. He's not terrible. Okay. <laughs> he had great hair. Cause I, you know, I'm, I love the Afro. I love, I love the unkept. Yeah, he had the best hair at that time too. It was very 
And I believe in that video, that's the one where he fully has it out too, where it's full blown after when everybody's like, hi. <laughs> and it's funny because when you do the search of that song, his version comes up first. Of course. Which also poor Kate. <laughs> like, can you imagine? Like you're like, I wrote I wrote this beautiful thing and it was amazing and nobody knows. Well, she doesn't care because she's still getting royalties off of hers and his. So, you know. Yeah, because they play that in every single like commercial, every video. It's at everybody's wedding. <laughs> My God. It's all good. You know that Kate Bush never, uh, and John, you probably know this, I know, because I know you're a Kate Bush fan, too. Um, uh, she never has toured internationally because she doesn't fly. I didn't know it was because she didn't fly, huh? That's, a, yeah, wow. Yeah, she, yeah. She, does not, she does not fly. She's just got a phobia and a fear of planes. Wow. Never let her uh, tour, you know, outside of anywhere she could take a boat to <laughs> or drive to. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's so unfortunate. Well, maybe fortunate, unfortunate, but like her her recent show, like 2016, and I think she did some after that. Um, she made sure that there were no cameras, uh, so you can't find any of the of, of the newer performances. I think there was something that was released officially, but yeah, she would have been amazing That's to see. Trash. Yeah, um, I would have loved to have seen her in in. Uh, during the sensual world period. Right. That would have been awesome. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Where are we going from here, Joshua Hill? Oh, wait, I still have to do mine. Oh, that's right. Sorry. I mean, not that I get many opportunities to make out or make love, uh, being the well, epic winner that I am in life. Uh, we, we know for sure there's one instance. I'm like, sir, you have a baby. Clearly, you did it right. <laughs> I did it right once. Once. <laughs> And, and that's all it takes is the one time. That's what they do. That's all it takes. Ask my 14-year-old cousin. <laughs> Whoa. All right. Shots fired. Well, I, I thought my bastard humor came out of uh, left field there, but all right. <laughs> no, I remember knowing this. Is, I was just telling my 15-year-old kid this uh, uh, the other day because he's not, I heard him talking to his boys. And you know he's 15 now, so they their conversations have shifted from Minecraft. To, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, from Minecraft, you know, yeah. from Minecraft to Minecraft. You know, but it was something. I, I, I talked to him. I said, "Hey, man, you, you know, be careful." I had, you had that talk with him, and I said, "You know, my my four my 14 year old cousin at the time he was 14, and they he had a child, and it, it totally." Mentally, it, it, he's never recovered from that. Damn. Yeah, because that's like four, 14. Yeah. I can't even, the, the dumb shit that I was doing at 14. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know I could do that at 14. <laughs> <laughs> so, Josh, what, what was the one song that was playing during that one time? It wasn't that short. <laughs> uh, no, all right. So I I got three songs and it it builds here. So, so uh, this better this better be a great song. If this is the one time, this song has got to be amazing. I, I'm I'm waiting. I can't wait to hear. Well, this. Uh, I I think you guys will like. I, I think you guys will like at least the third one. Uh, so the first one is, is a little little known band. Uh, they're not super huge, but they're called Gangs. 
G-A-Y-N-G-S. You know gangs? Yeah. They're from Minnesota. Oh, nice. All right. I know the gangs. Uh, they have a song anyway. called The Last Prom on Earth. And it, it, it's just a kind of a sappy little slow dance prom song. Uh, and it's a little bit weird, uh, which is the way I make out. So that's why I chose that one. Um, then as things start to get a little progressive in the mm-hmm. makeout mm-hmm. sesh, mm-hmm. that's when you turn on Peter Cetera, <laughs> glory of love. <laughs> because usually oh, Karate man. Kid 2 is playing in the background because I got to have some sort of visuals for distraction. <laughs> uh, and so you got the glory of love and then what seals the deal. And I, I love the sort of the Neo soul Maxwell lead into this because mine is D'Angelo untitled. Mm. Oh! Yes, yeah. yes, yes. And how does it, yeah, yeah, whoo, yeah. Yeah. We can yeah. just watch the album, we can just watch the video. Oh, watch man. the video, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm straight, but it moved. Yeah, I mean, I'm ready to a, go. Like, yeah. it's one of those things where like, yep, where everybody was watching that video and every woman I know was like, if you could just pan down, sir, if you could just, excuse me, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Cameraman, if you could just tilt your head, I can't quite, everybody I know was doing the awkward lean to the TV, like, if we could just, right. oh, that's yeah. interesting. Oh, I didn't even know that that could do that like that. So that's, that's magnificent, sir. Thank you. Yeah. And I mean, it's got that nice, slow, sexy soul beat to it and it builds and, and just the, uh, the falsetto and then the deep, but like it, it hits all the, and then the guitar solo, it kind of break down in there. Like, I mean, it, that's a sexy ass song. It's like, damn. You're brave though, because no, no, he said that, like he, after he did that, like he could never do that video one again. Two, right. he doesn't do that song anymore, and he had such body issues and so many issues right, after right, that. Right. He couldn't perform it live because people would lose their crap. Like, women would be, like, trying to jump the stage and take off his clothes, and he'd be like, yo, it's a song. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah you got to have, like, a closet full of mops on standby if that one yeah. <laughs> It's a mop situation if, like, yeah. that way. <laughs> like, yeah, it's happening. People are like, oh, hello, sir. Yeah, slip and slide. Uh, <laughs> oh, <damn>. But Josh, <laughs> Josh, 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 you're a brave man though, because I don't know if I'd want anybody that I'm with to even know D'Angelo exists. I, I think I'd want that cleared from the room. Uh, I I'd feel horribly inadequate for if someone quite a while. is willing to look at my body in the <laughs> nude and allow me to do things with their body then they deserve uh, a visual, they deserve a visual break. I mean, that's just sort of like a a little thank you that comes along with the experience. It's just a welcome distraction. You know, it's like, I'm the boat and it's a small world. The Angelo is the animatronics. That's that's the way sex happens. Oh my God. Animatronics. Which that song is creepy as shit. Um, right? <laughs> it is. Like, I, I didn't go to Disneyland until I was like nearly 40, and It's a Small World really made me uncomfortable. But, it's you know that's going on the list, right? That's going on the list. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. Just, so, because all right. it's going to throw people off. When they hear that, they'll be grooving along, you know, right after Teddy Pendergrass, and this would be the, the, the bucket of cold water that hits them. 
<laughs> there you go. Cool down. All right. So, John, uh, yeah. are you going to pick the next or, or, or Amber? Who, who wants to pick the next one? Ooh, can I pick? Yeah. You go for it. Well, I'm picking working out and going out. Because there's like that's those are it's kind of the same in like it's both sort of hype music, but like I don't know, I'm a weird girl. Like I work out to like Nipsey Hustle. <laughs> like weird shit. Like, I like things around. That's so appropriate though. Yeah, it is very appropriate. And it's very on brand too. Um <laughs> There's a, there's, I don't know, it's a viral meme. Some guy is like on the treadmill and he's like totally crip walking, gangster walking while he's on the treadmill. But the song that they overlaid over it is um, Tupac and Biggie's Who Shot, or Tupac's Who Shot You. And that's like one of my like good workout songs is I listen to that. I listen to um, Nipsey grinding all my life, which is like stupid, but I get my squats done to it. Like, especially lately where I'm like, okay, this is like, this is that shit. Like I'm into it. Um, what else is there? And then some of my other working out music and even like, well, my going out music, <laughs> I'm a date myself because I just actually watched the no limit Chronicles uh, a couple weeks ago. I was a no limit soldier in college. Uh, as in like I had fatigue, sure. I wore my Tim's, I had my cute little crop top, like I'm from California, but you couldn't tell me I wasn't from the NOLA. <laughs> but, yeah, so I'm going, I don't know, there's like, there's two genres of going out. Like there's the hype, like I'm trying to go dancing, I'm gonna have a good time. And then there's like the very like, I'm going out, this is gonna be a very lovely experience. But I oddly enough still listen to like crap, like No Limit Soldiers and how you do that there. Like I'm about it, about it. I just, I'm, I'm very not, gang girly when it comes to stuff like that like <laughs> i'm the opposite of like all my fr some of my friends will be like oh do you have such and such cd and i'm like no but i do have that new migos like this <laughs> i have like i have some questionable stuff very very questionable taste in music but i'm definitely on some master p tru old school no limit soldier like we're about to throw some bows and that's some workout music we're gonna get our squats in we are pumped to go out there was um what song is it it's uh dj khaled and lil wayne it's the remix to um holy shit hold on freaking you that's what it is i know what it is because it's jodeci uh and like I get so it's, it's on one of my random playlists and it's not something I curated. I don't even know who made the, I think it might've been, it was either Lou or D. I don't know, but like it's on there and I don't know what it is about that first when he does the remix to freaking you and it just leaves it. Like, you, 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 you. And little Wayne has a voice and it's just like the way his cadence goes with the beat. And I'm like, I will listen to that first verse over and over and over again in the morning and I'm like brushing my teeth to it and I'm ready to go and my kids are like can you not mom like it's 7 15 in the morning like no we're gonna fire it up today actually my ex-husband used to have he got really mad at me at one point because I kept playing the same playlist for the shower <laughs> and he'd be like can you please listen to something else no this is my morning music and this is what I need to like get me started in the morning and get me going. And then that way I'm like, I kick open my bedroom door. Like, good morning, children. Let's go. <laughs> They're like, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Honestly, it's fine. 
what's your going out music for like if you and the wife are going out on a date what do you guys like do you have a prep list a playlist that you like prep to uh, mine's gotta be jazz probably one of my favorite uh probably modern era jazz albums is um with Marsala's intimacy, intimacy Calling, Volume Two, I believe, and it's just, it's just, it's an album that you put on, and it's just you let it you let it play. It's let just, it play. I love Winton. Love it's a, it's a romantic, uh, and his playing is so uh, provocative on that album. It's 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 just it's just oozes, you know, romance. It's a great album. It's one of my favorites. Or it would be uh, Diane Reeves. That's another oh. one of my favorite, favorite uh, jazz vocalists. Her, her voice is just amazing. She's one of the, one of the few, because they don't make jazz vocalists like they used to. There's no one like Sarah Vaughn or Shirley Horn or Lady Day. Or, oh. you know, there, there's, there's no one like that. They, do the kids today even know how to scat? Like, <laughs> No, and it's like... Um, <laughs> A Betty Carter was one of my favorites. It still is. Um, but the thing about Shirley Horn is like their voices change. If you listen to um, Cole Porter's Love for Sale sung by a young Shirley Horn, it will make your heart melt. It's so luscious and it's so sexy and it's so just vivacious. <clears throat> but then you go, you 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 turn it back because she she took a hiatus, like a twenty year hiatus, uh, to raise her family. So you didn't hear from her, you know, for twenty years. And then when she came back, she was she, she was you know, she was older. And then like her um, her album Here's to Life, and then the album that she did, uh, I remember Miles, and her voice is deeper. It's got this 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 kind of really husky kind of voice, but it's still very controlled and just very like just like butter. Um, but they don't make them like that anymore. And I think probably uh, um, Diane Rees is probably a last of, uh, of a dying breed. They just don't make jazz vocalists like that anymore. So You are 100%. Yeah, so that would be my going out uh, music. Working out is going to be... It's gonna be, it's gonna be rap. It's gonna be something that's gonna hype me up. It's gonna be Kendrick Lamar. It's gonna be, it's gonna be, you know, it's gonna be J. Cole. It's gonna be J.I.D. It's gonna be contemporary, you know, uh, Jay Z, uh, Kanye. So, not that they didn't make uh, good rap music, you know, in in the '90s or the 2000s, but I, my taste is always whoever is out and making good music. That's who I'm right. So I, I don't okay. get stuck. I don't get stuck in music. In the genres, in the, like, the eras of yeah, this era when I was, because when are you supposed to stop liking music? You, I don't, I, I, the idea of getting stuck in your music you listen to when you were in high school is, to me, is ridiculous. Um, yeah, well, I think it's funny because people, like, you have teenagers and I have a teenager. And so we are exposed to their music to a certain extent, which is always very interesting because I'm like, I'm sorry, what was that that they said again? I love some music so much. I put them up on music. I put oh, them up all, the music. all the time. I'm like, hey, did you hear such and such? And she's like, can you not? 
like, no, I don't know about that. And I'm like, so I heard this song and she's like, and then sometimes it's like, mom, you did not discover that. And I'm like, cool story, but it's new to me. So we're going to listen to it. <laughs> but I love that. Like you said that it's, it's true. You can't just stick to like what you listen to at the one time. Like it does ever evolve. Like I might have started out being super pompless and master P and then it's evolved into like, Kalani and you know a Tiana Taylor and all this other stuff yeah, where I'm like yeah. these are different musicians that I'm like oh you have some oh there's some new rappers that like I did not some young women rappers I was like oh I am not hip at all but y'all are about that life like let me google you and so now then my daughter comes over and I'm like let me drop this there, there's been no I, the song WAP is such a amazing song <laughs> you and i had some good conversations about it too where it's like i was because i was like well i have a teenage girl you have teenage boys like this is a conversation that we need to have with them because um well wow. I, I walked in on zayden and his girlfriend and she just turned 15 she was 14 at the time uh he's he's 15 and they're and they're singing it i come in i was upstairs or down, i was outside or something and I'd come in, and and, and, and and she's such a sweetheart. I would have never had imagined, you know, any of this stuff coming out of her mouth. And but she was in, in the throes of, of this song. And they're, and, they're, and they're both singing. And she was so embarrassed. Cause I walk in, and they're just, they're just vibing. And I knock on the door, and I kind of come in. And she's, her face is turned like, you know, she's very light. So she's just, but she's like, oh, Mr. Worthy. And she's like, you know. <laughs> Because you're not supposed to know that they know that those wor- that those words and things exist. Right. Even though right. you know that like your boys know, but as a young lady, because I know for myself as a young lady, I was not like, I was super, like my brother, like Joshua, you're saying you have an older sister who put you on. I had an older brother who put me on to hip hop. So I was listening to some probably very well i know it was some very sketchy shit <laughs> at a certain age and it didn't help i went to a private christian school and like i would listen to like too short south central cartel like i mean hardcore gangster stuff but like if any of my friends parents had been like in my car i would have been mortified like <gasps> you yeah. should know that i know like how the n-word sounds and raps and like that I like I should I'm gonna just be quiet now so like even with my daughter like they'll be in you know they're in the bathroom down the hall from me doing makeup and I'll have like a playlist playing or whatever it's like a Saturday and I just stick my head out and I'll see them like (laughs) dancing around and I might be in the hallway doing my own thing and they're kind of like wait your mom knows this song like Mm -hmm wait, is your mom okay with us saying the lyrics to this song? <laughs> I mean, don't say them to me, but just, you know. Like. Yeah, I had a, I had kind of a, a funny story. It was a little bit similar. I was a janitor at a church in college. And uh, it was like, so there was the church side and then there was the daycare side, right? And my first job when I got there was to clean the daycare. And then, uh, you know, once everybody had gone and then, go over into the church and they were separated and no one from the church was supposed to be able to get in the daycare after hours. I'm setting this up. And so I would go in and I had my headphones on and I would just be supposedly all by myself. So I'm singing and uh, nine inch nails closer. <laughs> and so I'm just like, you know, mopping the floor and I was just like, I want to fuck you like an animal. And I turn over and there's a- <laughs> 
<laughs> two 14 year old girls just standing in the hallway there. I'm just like, whoa. And they're like, ah. Take off my headphones. I was like, what are you doing here? They like, got lost and, and we're not supposed to be here. And I was like, yeah, I'll open the door. Just don't tell anybody you were sleeping. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, and those two, and those, and those two, uh, those two girls, Josh, uh, Josh, they're now porn stars in San Fernando Valley. Right, I'm like, they got OnlyFans accounts. They're probably yeah. making bank. <laughs> they owe me some royalties. <laughs> you know, you guys were talking about being exposed to different music. I have to say that we we we're all fortunate to sort of lived through the golden period of music television and not just MTV, because of course you could watch you know, MTV raps, you could watch 120 minutes, you could watch Headbangers Ball, but also I think all of us had like local video shows. Oh, we had the box? Yeah. Um, there, was, the there was video, um, there was video one in, in, in the LA area with, with Richard Blade. That's the first time I ever saw or heard uh, Jesus and Mary Chain was on, was on video one. So yeah. Did anyone, but anyone used to wait for Friday night videos to come on? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, absolutely. not go anywhere on the weekend because one, I'm taping my radio all night, so please don't bother me because I have to play. I have to put the tape in so I can play hear this one song that they might play at the top eight at eight. Right. However, <laughs> I'm waiting for new music Tuesday and new videos on Friday because what else am I doing with my Friday evening? <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, my hometown didn't even have MTV until like. I want to say like 1999 because it was what? a it was a small Baptist town and they mm. said MTV was for the devil. Oh, uh, wow! Yeah, uh, it was. Yeah, that's what was. I mean, about it. Yeah, I, mean, it like, I missed out on Judas Priest. I missed out on a bunch of stuff that could have really changed who I am. I'm just saying. But even like ABC in like the late 90s had a weekend video show. I remember that's the first time I saw Motley Crue's Shout at the Devil. And they had um, like all the weekend dance shows. Pebbles yeah. had a show, like Paula Abdul had a show or something. Yeah. Obviously yeah. like Soul Train was there, but like as it is expanded, they had all these other shows and they would have artists. And that's like how I learned a lot of other music that I was like, oh, okay. This is not what I was expecting, but I'll listen to it anyway. I'm into it. Mm-hmm. You know, my yep. favorite, uh, speaking of Nine Inch Nails, my favorite Nine Inch Nails uh, remake is Johnny Cash and her. Oh, yeah. yeah. This is one of those things where sometimes the cover does go That's, beyond yeah. the original, yeah. you know? And I mean, the, the, the original Hurt is, is, is a fantastic beautiful song but where johnny cash was in his life how he sang that uh yeah. just the video Crazy. like yeah it was that, that was a perfect combination but but yeah and also rick rubin tapping into sort of understanding what was going what was going on so well, rick rubin is a whole rick, different genre he's a, he's a, i think i think we could do a show just on rick rubin <laughs> Like, uh, yeah. he might be one of the coolest characters on the planet ever that has ever existed. The man's had 75 lives. He's met every flipping body on the planet, has worked with everybody, has put people together that you're like, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <That's Yeah>. <laughs> like, where did you even come from, you weirdo? <laughs> like, yeah, he turns gold into diamonds. It's like, uh, what kind of magician are you? Yeah, like, what kind of sorcery are you doing? Like, you've already got gold, and yet you still managed to make something even... Yeah, like, you got the full-blown Midas touch. Like, is it the beard? 
It's got to be the beard, right? Like, it's got to be the beard. <laughs> it's the beard and the male pattern baldness. It works Wait, together. Okay. In an, I was going to say, they have to work because one is counteracting the other, so then maybe mm-hmm. that it, like... Let's get them on the show. We know you're yeah. listening, Rick. Somebody yeah. make a call. Come on. Talk to your people. Actually, let me talk Rick. to my people. Like, I don't know. I, I think Amber could probably get him. She I was going to say, I actually might know some people because, like I said, I used to work in promotions, but... It was, it was Atlanta in the nine, late 90s, early 2000s. So everybody who was anybody lived there and came through there. And I worked for a club. Like when I tell you I met my first night at my job, I met Andre 3000 and Whoa. Big Boy. Hmm. Oh, wow. At their release party for Aquim and I. And as someone who grew up in California but listened to uh, – Yeah, like – blew my mind like outcast blew my mind and when i got to meet them at age 19 and i can tell you exactly what i was wearing too that's how bad that's how good it was that <laughs> i was it was at a blockbuster music that's how you know how old i am <laughs> like i was just like yo this is this is the life like this is what i want to do forever and ever is like be around music and love music and be like the first thing i said to him was like <gasps> Oh my God, I love you. Like, yours, I don't word vomit on artists and like, I don't fangirl ever, ever. I've been, I've like, I've sat next to Too Short. I've met Eminem, Dr. Dre. I mean, except for Snoop Dogg. I was literally like, no, I'm from Long Beach. But like, <laughs> like, I don't fangirl, but very much over Outcast. It was like, so I've been a fan of yours since I was like 13. Who do you? like, trying to get all the words out and all that stuff but like yeah they are definitive for me in that but, but to, to me it's more andre 2000 than it oh, is it's all andre and you he know? is one of the most legit people like i was we were at a club in miami i was absolutely three sheets to the wind and he came up and started talking to us and a friend of mine and out of the clearly like mid conversation i was like can i please get your autograph my roommate is going to kill me if she finds out that I spent 20 minutes talking to you, he wrote it on the back of a flyer that I had in my back pocket that I had to ask someone for a, a pin for. And like, I was just like this, nothing could be any better than that. Like I literally cannot, nothing in my life is like going to top that. Like I met Andre 3000. We had a lovely conversation. We exchanged information. He wrote on a flyer. I put it in my pocket. Um, he said hello to me for the next two nights, and then I promptly fell down the stairs. So it's <laughs> <laughs> no that's to self awesome. drink. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, don't totally schnockered when there's stairs that go straight. <laughs> yeah, that is a that is good life advice. Don't get not. schnockered when there are stairs nearby. Yeah, <laughs> I'm the teaching more you, I- you know. Yeah, we got a PSA. Okay, so well, okay. I will get into mine. Because Outcast leads perfectly into it. So my working out, of course, bombs over Baghdad. Yes. 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 It it just like builds up so much energy. And it's a long enough song to where you can actually get a sweat on a treadmill just with that. (laughs) A 30 second spot would be enough. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, that one. And then a six foot, seven foot Lil Wayne. Uh, you know that one? The yes. Yes. Uh, uh-huh. Just the the punchlines. 
in that song are so fantastic and just like how how he he's up his such song. an amazing lyricist one of he the is. best one of the best if not the best out right now and i think he's uh outside of you know like people who really appreciate lyricism and, and hip-hop uh mm. he doesn't get enough recognition for how brilliant of a lyricist he is because and for how long he's been doing it like Wayne yeah. has been in the game since he was 12. Well, yeah. if you look at his, if you look at the liner notes, he doesn't get the credit. It's the, it's, 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 it's the syrup, you know? Yeah. True. True story. Yeah. And he's, he, he does really suck at playing the guitar. So I, think, <laughs> uh, I think that's a, that's his bro. Uh, and then my, my going out song. So I, I, I have to get a, uh, pumped up in a in a self-confidence way I, I i'm a little bit of a insecure person when it comes down to it. i need to build up my confidence i need to have like a therapist behind me saying like you're great man like you you're you're good at what you do in life it's all right and um, do it. And do it. that just needs like positive affirmations being shot at you all the time i do yeah yeah it's it's uh, I'm a needy bitch, and I understand that. Uh, so for me, Andrew WK, who's like a legit motivational speaker uh, at the same time, his song, Never Let Down, uh, and if you can watch the music video, he's like playing the piano and air drumming with his long hair and his like dad shoes and his stonewashed jeans before that all that came to being cool. Uh, Andrew WK is a groundbreaker. Never Let Down is a proper motivational song if i ever become a motivational speaker i'm gonna have that song playing when i come out and i'm just gonna like fist bump everybody and uh <laughs> then sell them a book so it's yeah that's mine well done <laughs> my last one here your last one yes my last one yes all right uh so my working out album is the first dancing album um not just because of the music, but there's just something very, uh, there's something very motivating when I think about Glenn Danzig, like that he's just yelling at me and telling me to stop being a pussy and <laughs> to work out harder. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Are your workouts just like moving bricks in your yard or like changing tires <laughs> on an old Firebird? <laughs> It yes. seems like a Danzig workout. <laughs> a Danzig workout. <laughs> like lift oh. this gallon of chocolate milk. Why did Glenn Danzig never make a workout video? That would have been incredible. <laughs> <laughs> or Henry Rollins. Henry Rollins should have made a workout video too. I'm actually surprised Henry Rollins does not have a workout video. Like that seems very on brand for him. Yeah, it would be like half workout and then half just crying, just, just letting it all out. <laughs> It'd be beautiful. Oh. You know, that's what actually it, good. it could just be releasing and sweating to the oldies. Like that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. We should just take an old episode of like um, Billy Blank's Tybo or, uh, you know, Richard Simmons, Sweat to the Oldies. Uh, and let's just dub it with Mother. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and then slow the tape down a little bit so the tempo matches. But honestly, I think that would be a really kick Listen, Sweat to the Oldies was ahead of its time because he was making, Richard was out there making playlists before his playlists were even a thing like i've curated this musical compilation and we're all gonna get our workout on and you're like really it's just a playlist like you're not teaching me any moves or anything like that's gonna actually do anything but it's a playlist but okay cool shorts though <laughs> <laughs> love the headband 
<laughs> right. It's, it sells the, oh, sells the vibe. <laughs> All right. So and, then my, uh, and then my going out album, just quickly, uh, is this beautiful, beautiful album. Tribe Called Quest, oh. The Low End Theory. <laughs> probably, probably. There'll be arguments here. Probably the greatest hip hop album ever made. Um, here we go. Debate. No, I have to totally agree. Like, I <laughs> cannot, like, I don't even know what my life would be like without Tribe in it. Like, I just, yeah. like, right, L-O-N-S, right. Tribe, that whole genre. Like, I just, when you were talking earlier about Jungle Brothers and um, De La Soul, and I was just like, oh, yo, that, I just, now I want to go back and want to watch the documentary all over again, because that shit was so good. Beats, Rhymes, and Life is like, it's life. Like, what? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, oh, man. I mean, for for me, like Tribe Called Quest, like is equal parts fun and informative, and it's tough without being overly macho. So it's like it finds this like fine line that that it can appeal to everyone, and you can feel cool listening to it, and you can actually like learn shit from it. So that yeah, I think that's absolutely. why it's so enduring. It's one of the few albums that like we could listen to as a family. Like my brother would listen to it. I would listen to it. My mom was okay with playing it in the car, which was always a huge thing. It's like, you know, those car rides where you're going to be in there for at least 35 minutes. You're like, Hey mom, can we play this one? No, we are not listening to your Dr. Dre. No, we are not listening. <laughs> to your we cannot listen to this minister society soundtracks, little sister, because there is, all the NSFW, <laughs> like, oh, okay, parental advisory, everything. Cool, cool. But, like, Tribe, she was into, even though they had swearing, even though they had a little bit of, um, more, de- a little bit of derogatory language, as she would say. But both of my flow. parents. It, it, was, it was the flow and, and, and like, the jazz sample. Yes, yeah. and that's what it was. Yeah. I think the jazz melodies, because that's why she likes yeah. Kanye, too, is where it's very, like, it's familiar in a certain way to them. So they're like, okay, it's not that offensive because even though they are dropping F-bombs, they're not saying it. It's just to a new smooth jazz beat, though, so it makes sense. And, and, and then Q-Tip's flow is just so disarming. Yeah. Yes. You know, he has this flow that is just like, it's like water over rocks. He could yeah. say anything and it wouldn't sound bad, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and his voice is, uh, I don't want to say cartoonish, but it's very non-threatening. In a good right. cool yeah. way. You know what I mean? And even when he like gets hype, it's not an aggressive hype. So people feel right. more like, oh, yeah. okay. Now yeah. that's actually a really good, that makes total sense. And I cannot wait to have this conversation with my brother later on. Because <laughs> we're going to like dissect music 101. Like I sent him Derek's playlist. He <laughs> was like, hey, I have something for you. And he's like, well, I don't know. <laughs> you better get into this. <laughs> now he's like, this is amazing. Where did you find this? <laughs> well, for, um, for all of you listening, uh, I know we referenced in another show and this one a couple of times, this, this hip hop documentary. It's called Hip Hop Evolution. It's on Netflix. It's absolutely wonderful. Definitely, there's two episodes that were standouts for me. There's a lot in there, but the Native Tongues episode is amazing. And also the producers episode is oh, just yeah. absolutely essential. Changed my brain a little bit because i didn't realize yeah you don't realize who's behind all of the sounds like you cut i mean we grew up we kind of knew 
but we didn't know, no. Like, I had no idea how much Rick Rubin was involved in so many things. I didn't know how much Devontae Swing was doing or how old Timberland was when he actually started and that they were all, like, this whole group back in the day and, like, the way that these relationships have overlapped and evolved over the years is, like, super fascinating to me. Yeah. I'm also very, very nosy, so I love, like, <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just love that they elevated Teddy Riley to exactly where he should be. I mean, I mean, for people who know, Teddy Riley was always there. He was always, right. uh, it, but, but for people who may not know, um, it's, it's very revealing, and it's, it, 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 put, it puts him exactly where he should be, which is... Oh, yeah. Highly yeah. recommend. I think, I think we should definitely. I think I think that should be an episode. I think we should do an episode on producers, um, which would be amazing. Uh, oh, absolutely! You yeah. totally should. because there's like you can go into. I mean, you could start way back in the day and then just bring it up to like you can go to DJ Khaled. You could talk about Kanye and how he like before he even got to where he was. Yeah, it was. I mean, Jay Z's heart of the city, like. All he has to do is take those beats out and he hits me with ain't no love and I lose my shit every time. Every time. I will play that part over and over and over and over again because it makes, it hits so hard every single time. And I'm like, how did you at like basically zygote age come up with this? (laughs) You haven't even known life and you're just like, yeah, I got this. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, I'm definitely down for a producer's episode. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, let's wrap up with one more. Uh, since I'm choosing here, I think. I think it's my turn to choose. Um, wait, we got through everybody on, on working out and going out, right? Yeah. Right. Okay. So I want to wrap up with Cheer Up and Tear Up. Because Ooh. this is probably... It's your like, favorite. I, I already know that. It's your favorite, Jeff. It, it, it is. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> have, <laughs> I have I have a specific playlist that I put together so that I could get in my car and I could cry. I just, it's when I need to, when I want to. So I just, I just put it on and let it all out. And um, so, <laughs> um, there's a uh, there's a couple of songs there's a there's a song by by ed harcourt that's called crimson uh, uh those crimson tears uh that's just it just floors me every time there is uh, antonina johnson's spiraling which oh god so i'll actually start crying just thinking about these things but um uh there's a song that was really god i'm trying <laughs> it was stupid me i didn't bring up the playlist um but there is a song here it is by uh, Father John Misty. That's called uh, "I oh. Went to the Sto- I, I Went to the Store One." I don't know if you guys are familiar with the song, but so I am. I I, I am kind of guessing, but I think I know exactly what the song is. At least this is what I'd like to think it is, and it's a wonderfully crafted song. But it starts with him uh, meeting a, a woman, seeing a woman, and then as the song progresses. It's their life together. It's that meeting, it's getting married, it's having kids. And by the end of it, he's talking about death and, 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 and having this person take care of him when he's too sick to take care of his family. And then the last line in the song is, uh, seeing you around, what's your name? So the song goes through this and you find out at the end that basically he just imagined 
this right. story of this woman. And at the end, he hadn't even gone up to say hello to her. And there is something just absolutely beautifully heartbreaking about the song. It kind of reminds me a little bit of the same feeling that I get when I watch, if you guys have ever watched Blue Valentine, uh, the film Blue Valentine. Right. Mm-hmm. The juxtaposition of them meeting alongside their relationship breaking up. It is one of the most devastatingly heartbreaking films that I've ever seen. And I have a hard time watching it more than once. But um, I, the, 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 the horribly romantic side of me and also the, the sort of beat up um, romantic side of me uh, <laughs> tends to converge quite, um, quite uh, painfully. Uh, violently i think so so this uh, so yeah so i i i i do it to myself like i i do like the process of getting inside this head and 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 and, and crying because i think a, a lot of a, a lot of me gets revealed through that process so oh, for sure those what does that mean where it's like where you have to replay this part of the song that hurts you because it didn't hurt you enough the first time that you did <laughs> yeah, <listened> to it <laughs> like, absolutely Absolutely. You go back and hit that one part and you're like, yes, that's the cut. Again. Again. And again. Sadist soundtrack. Yes. Yes. Or masochist. Which one receives the pain? But but that's the thing about though. That's why I I identify with that because I love sad, melancholy songs for that reason. Mm -hmm. And I think people who seek them out uh, really can tap into the therapeutic aspect. It's like this cleansing, you know, yeah. you, you, we kind of gravitate towards these songs because we need to hear them um, because we don't, we like to feel that, you know, we're, we're, we're one, we're not alone, but there's something very cathartic about those songs when you come out of them and you come out of that funk. It's almost like, you know, it's like this subspace where you're in this and you're like, boom, and you come out of it and you feel, your shoulders are less tense and you walk a little mm-hmm. bit straighter. So, and yeah. sometimes it's just a matter of literally like repeating a lyric, repeating a lyric, repeating a lyric until the value of that word or that phrase has nothing, like nothing left for you. And you're just like, cool. Now I feel it, but I don't feel it. So I can, you've extracted all of that, like melancholy, that angst, that deep sorrow that you're trying to get to. Yeah. Yeah. And don't make the mistake, and sorry, we get like highly personal here, but I guess that's what we're about. Um, uh, try walking away from that, uh, you know, using music in that way and then connecting that way. Uh, I, I've known you guys for, for a long time. And, you know, in 2016, I walked away from music. I told myself that I couldn't listen to this anymore because there was a lot of stuff going on. My dad had just passed away and I decided to stop listening to music and my life fell apart. Yeah. And Derek, just like you're saying, I mean, I mean, being a, like having that there, having that connection so that you can make better sense of how you're feeling when you can't say it and somebody can say it for you, there's a lot that starts to make sense. And when you take that away from yourself, then it falls, then, then it, it, it can fall apart. Believe me, I, I know what that feels like. So, I mean, we've talked about this before. There's, you know, this show, if there's one thing that we've tried to get to get across is don't limit yourself to either a genre or what you think you like. I mean, you're going to find something beautiful and uh, so much out there and so much that's going to, that's going to change and affect your life in, 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 in a number of ways. So seek it out when you can you know that's another show we could do a show on sad music and it, i mean there is i mean there is so much to unpack uh when we talk about 
you know, sad music. Uh, and there's so, there's so many bands. There's so many like little hidden bands uh, that that kind of just span wherever. I mean, I could to me one of my favorite all time favorite bands uh, is The Cure. And they, uh, Robert Smith used to, he's not, Robert Smith is such a spectacular lyricist mm. that I don't think he gets enough credit uh, for that. Uh, but just the things that he's able to come up with and the music that he's able to kind of create and craft these songs with is just amazing. Um, yep. But yeah. I love so, this song because music is so profound and so like, poignant to everybody's life like it's not just the soundtrack it's more than that and it's beyond just like a playlist and the thing it is what you were saying it fully evokes emotion and that feeling and what you were saying john about if you don't have the words to say it but someone else can like that is the most profound thing i think with music is it's usually the stuff that you cannot express or you can't articulate in whatever manner and someone else nails that feeling with that note that voice Mm -hmm. that emotion that whatever they're emoting and you're like ah yes pour it into yeah i used to i used to always think that and i wrote this in a poem why i I, i've been in a spat of poetry writing uh lately and one of the ways that i kind of uh kind of wrote about music is like it's your greatest lover and your and your and your and your kind of fondest friend and an enemy you know kind of tied it to one or tied in all of it absolutely it's it's stuff that you want to scream at. You, you can scream at it, and you can kind of identify with. It. You can cry on the shoulder, and you can make love to it. It's just like the perfect kind of companion to cry in the shower, listening to the same song over and over again, and then you're like, "All right, and I'm done, and now I'm going to go out and face the world." I know it's a. Uh, I'm still in line from from Almost Famous, but uh, I love the line. You know, you can always go to the record store and visit your friends. That's yes. what it is. Yeah, that's what makes me miss like I miss Tower Records so much like so much I was like the new music Tuesday girl like let's go we're gonna go (laughs) I used to date a guy who was very into music as well so we were literally every Tuesday we would have a date to Tower Records and like that was our get down let's get the Tower listen to all of the things go eat go back to tower decide what we were gonna buy and then we just listen to it in the car and like go blaze one <laughs> and drive, <laughs> like, drive down pch and like like yeah. we're, gonna, we're gonna listen to this beautiful music and like have a moment i probably think that that's might be why the relationship lasted probably <laughs> should have tower records keeping people crazy. together <laughs> um, yeah, like well who am i gonna go listen to music with? <laughs> yeah <laughs> I keep uh, wow. so my cheer up music and there's so much that i could like choose from but just for the sake of of, of asking people like mm-hmm. revisit some stuff that you think you know but maybe you don't so early bangles th- there's a great song called dover beach that i love so much but also um the go-go's like that's a band for me that so many people they pick out like one or two songs and they got overplayed on the radio and they think mm-hmm. like oh god it's the go-go's i'm telling you dive into their music and i think you'll be mightily impressed um i love the go-go's i it's it's <laughs> that'll t- that'll that'll get me out of almost any funk is just throwing out some go-go's. yeah 
dance around my living room. Oh my if you can cry while listening to the Go-Go's, then, then get some medicine. <laughs> <laughs> you need to go see, seek professional help at this yeah. point. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, I think there's a quote, and I'm going to incorrectly attribute it to Willie Nelson, but it's, you can't play a sad song on a banjo. Uh, it's kind of the same same type of because yeah. it's got too much of a ding 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 ding. Yeah, yeah, it's a plucky little sound. <laughs> you know, you really can't be sad to do a banjo. Like I never yeah. thought about that. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I love that go go. See, my version of the go go's would be the B fifty twos. Yeah, yeah. Oh, delight. The well, see, I have a bit Keisha of a Lorraine from D fifty twos. I, I, I like I like Rock Lobster, but other than that, like I I, I don't like the B fifty twos. Have you heard Keisha Lorraine? But like Rock Lobster was your go to. <laughs> I don't know why. I think it's got the right amount of camp, and then just like the Rome. Rome used to be such a hype song for me. Rome. Yeah. Oh, Rome, Rome, Rome is Rome is okay. I don't hate it, but uh, uh, and then, and then I remember watching Love Shack is like that's that's. <laughs> I remember I, we were listening to like that last thing that she says, you know, tin roof rusted. rusted you know, yeah. I remember so many people, you know, and I didn't know for a long time what the hell she was saying, <laughs> you know. But that's a that's a yeah. Rome Rome is probably probably my favorite. Um, B fifty two song, awesome. Yeah, song. if the Go Go's would cover it, I think it'd be better. Loves <laughs> 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 so that. Maybe you may be okay. right. <laughs> All right, who's up next with Cheer Up and Tear Up? Oh, I love it. Is it? Is it me? Yes. Let's go there. Go for it's it. Me. Cheer up. Um. Jeez. Um. I mean, cheer up. I mean, probably um, don't worry, be happy. Bobby McFerrin, you know. Yeah. That is a sweet song. Great song. So, and then tear up. Gosh. There's a song that I really love by, and it's a new song. So, and it's by Frank Ocean and it's, it's, um, it's a new song and it's sung entirely in Spanish. Well, not entirely in Spanish, but mostly in Spanish, uh, which is pretty cool. I love Frank Ocean. He's yeah, so underrated too. Like I need more of his music in my life. Like, can y'all like whatever it is y'all have done to Frank, not do that and just let yeah. him make it. <laughs> well, you know, his, his yeah. brother died. I did not know that. No, his baby brother died. Nineteen, he crashed a Tesla and it, it, mm. it blew up. Ooh, it happened oh, maybe a month God. ago. Is it? Oh man, that's awful. Yeah, yeah. That that whole crew, uh, just weird, artsy, super creative. Like you know, Tyler the Creator. And I'm and so happy that they're guys. being embraced finally. Like, can we get a hand clap for the weird black kids? Because yeah we did not get that growing up and like even like liking stuff outside of your quote unquote genre was definitely 
a risk like in the 90s like oh you listen to yes i fucking love alanis morissette and um red hot chili peppers and i'm all about guns and roses yes but ooh, Mm. was such a uh that vulnerability uh and just he's just amazing uh producer and Mm -hmm. artist um just I'm a big Frank Ocean fan. I introduced my boys to Frank Ocean. So, and uh, you put them on game. Put them on game. <laughs> um, but uh, I, but I also put them on to Daniel Caesar, and also I I put them on to so many you know cool. I, love, I would love to be a fly on the wall in those like phone conversations. Be like, yo, my dad just put me on a. But conversely, I also put them up on like my 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 youngest twin. He's he's a big. I put him up on the Smiths and, and Radiohead and, and all those great bands. Um, so it's really cool how how two two of my boys we're we're constantly sharing music back and forth. Um, I think actually so that's an episode y'all need to do too. Is like let's talk about how you share music with your kids because mm-hmm. I mean Josh, there's super young so you're not there yet but <laughs> she loves megadeth it's weird right like <laughs> you have that same age range where you're like listening to music and like loki introducing them to your favorite stuff and I, i've done that with my oldest and even with my youngest who like listens to questionable shit but it's like it's funny because i will play like an old school like they know like all the random backstreet boys stuff and then but then like they'll know like some Sade or some cc peniston and i'm like yes i feel like i'm doing it right and <laughs> but then like one of them will be like what is that song and i'm like it's a wa what do you mean you don't know that song <laughs> what am I doing wrong here but it's also kind of cool how they you know because then they kind of go off you give them this great start and uh, we used to be all, I was a Coldplay fan when they were, when they were younger um, with, with, with the Parachutes album and uh, a Rush of Blood to the Head and the song, The Clock and The Scientist, you know, and so they knew those songs and we used to sing them. And then, you know, and now as they kind of grow up and they kind of go off into their own thing and see where they go and, and who they love and adore, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's always good to see them find their own way. Uh, I love that's that. a cool thing when your kids yeah when your kids start to pick stuff out I, but the first time I it was just recently I took uh, my oldest Nico to his record to a record store and he started to play the trumpet so we were digging through and he was asking questions about trumpeters uh, but he really wanted to get Miles Davis sketches of Spain so <gasps> I was so happy that like oh that's, the first. And that's when you as a parent are like yeah <laughs> that's something right yeah. like if you yeah. are pulling out the miles and like the coal train I'm like yes children yes kids are all right they have the foundation there's actually um an evolution of hip and history of hip-hop book for kids oh Um, young kids i found it actually at barnes and noble a couple weeks ago looking for something else cool it's like we should get this my son is like why You have a written history and not just me telling you the wrong things and me then being like, let me Google that. Hold on. <laughs> All bit. right. Who's up now? Oh, oh, no. Derek, did you do tear up and tear up? Yeah, you did. Yes, you did. I did. You did. Yes. Good. All right. Who's up next? Josh, you want to go or I'll go? Uh, yeah, I can go. I, I, I don't want to drag it down because actually both of mine are kind of sad. Um, 
So I'm, I'm actually going to flip it a little bit. I'm going to go with the tier up first. So this last year has been an amazing year watching my daughter grow, but it's also been extremely difficult because me and her mom are not together and I've had to fight a custody battle and it's felt like um, just being a dad, her being so young that it's a, it's, it's, it's an uphill battle that seems like it's impossible to reach equality. I'm not trying to take everything away. I just want to be there as much as I can and get a feeling like uh, made to feel like I'm a bad person for wanting to be there for my kid when I didn't have that as a, as a kid Mm -hmm. Uh, has been really hard. And that (laughs) I stumbled upon the perfect song to uh, wallow in my misery of the hardest times of this custody battle. And it is called custody. by (laughs) Patty page. I think I was looking for like podcasts on like, you know, there's a lot of dad podcasts out there, like how to deal with stresses of custody battles and things like that. And then just this song custody popped up by Patty page. And uh, it's a tearjerker. I mean, it's sung from a woman's point of view, but it's about a dad losing custody and it's uh, of his little girl. And I can't even, I, I, I would share some of the lyrics, but it would just make me cry. But, uh, when when things were darkest for me and it felt hopeless or I felt just belittled and demeaned as a as a man, uh, I would listen to that and just cry it out, feel like I wasn't alone in this experience, and that helped, you know. And that's the catharsis. There is like you realize that everything you're feeling is has been felt before, and if mm-hmm. other people can get through it, you know you can. Uh, and then my cheer up is actually a song I wrote for my daughter. Um, I recorded it before she was born and uh, I will release it on her birthday this year. I want to, I want to re-record it with a little better audio setup because I just recorded it on my phone, but uh, it's called a beautiful magical Edith Louisa. And it's just, uh, it's just a, a welcome song uh, singing to her bringing her into the world telling her how everyone in the family is just excited to meet her and, and how she's going to have some challenges but it's all going to be great and she's going to enjoy life and you know I'm going to be there to do everything I can to make that happen so sometimes to cheer me up when when I have her here I'll play her the song on my guitar and already she's loving the guitar. I got her a, a ukulele or my sister got her a, a ukulele. And so that's her guitar. And so I let her play that. Uh, and so I'm trying to get her started early. So she's way better at guitar than I am, but I'll play that for her. And sometimes I'll just pull up the version I have on my phone and just listen to it and just know that my daughter will never have to experience feeling unloved by her dad or unknown by her dad and that makes me happy for me and then for her and know that everything's going to be fine and our relationship is going to be great and she's my so best. somebody's daughter i can appreciate that and can say thank you because that is like a huge and important thing and as someone who's raising a daughter as well like i'm very 
adamant about that, like that she knows that she's loved, that she does not go looking for something that she doesn't have to because she's already got it within herself. Like that's, because let's yeah. look about the messed up women that we've all met in our lives. Yeah. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, I lived in the valley for a while, so uh, yeah, like epicenter of daddy issues <laughs> there. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Not to uh, that's beautiful. That's great. So basically, you're saying that song is not available for the playlist. Is that what you're saying? Uh, no, not yet. No, no, sir. <laughs> uh, my 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 other uh, cheer up song. Hold on, I'll get you. One. I'll get one. I'll do one for the for the list. I'll do it for the vine. Uh, let's see. Oh, <laughs> for the uh, vine. <laughs> uh, we do it for the gram. Thank you. Do it for the gram, fam. Uh, all right. All right, 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 right. Now, speaking of young, uh, your daughter. Have you guys seen this amazing uh, six-year-old girl from China uh, play Hotel California? No. No. She does all the parts she her dad taught her the drum the bass line the lead guitar uh the backup guitar and the vocals and, she, oh, and wow. the way he did it the way he did it, it was, I, I saw it on instagram i'm gonna drop it into uh uh our group and so you guys can watch this but it's simply am, amazing that six-year-old that she's mastered uh and, and she's even doing the percussion part of it wow. um but it's it's really cool, so I think I think you'll get a kick out of that. Love it, yeah! I'll check it out. Okay, my my girls can't figure out their shoes. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like shoes are on backwards. I'm like, that's got to be uncomfortable, right? Nope, you're just walking around like that. Cool, it's fine. Yeah, I, I, when I was eight, I was useless. <laughs> uh, okay, Derek, for the playlist, my cheer up song. It was a good day by Ice Cube. Okay, that's a good one. I like that. It's a good day. I feel that. I feel that. I will also karaoke the shit out of that song anytime anyone wants. <laughs> that is one of my. When the world, when the world is, I have to change a few of the words. <laughs> Just a couple. <laughs> <laughs> so some of, some of the lyrics I cannot say, but uh, <laughs> for the most part, I will nail that song at karaoke. I'm dying. <laughs> you can. All right. Amber, you okay. are. So my cheer up and tear up. So tear up. I'm going to do a Joshua thing and go with the saddest first because that's hard. Um, again, I got a couple of them that I'm like, I'm going to just sit here and cry to. Um, pretty much any sad song on Lauren Hill's Miseducation, X Factor, I Used to Love Him. Those are some of my like melancholy love songs. Um, but Wiz Khalifa and Charlie Puth did a version of When I See You Again. When Will I See You Again? My sister-in-law um, died four years ago. Four, three years ago. I can't remember the time because time is stupid. But um, when we were leaving the hospital, that was on. It was really strange because we'd heard it all weekend. And it was one of those things like we were in the car and it came on and it was totally quiet and we were like realistically like all everybody truth be told like my friend was sparking a joint in the back because we just lost somebody we love we had to pull the plug everybody was there for the thing and it came on and all of us like like we had to pull over because we were just like wow like this song is so profound and I literally to this day like I cannot hear it 
and not cry. I can't even just like Wiz Khalifa's part. Like, and the killer part is I'm now like friends with Wiz's mom on Instagram. It's a very weird life that I'm <laughs> at right now. Right. So we're like Instagram friends. And like, I was, we were, she played it and I was like, Oh, I cannot listen to that song. And she's like, Oh honey, me either. And I'm like, I like his voice. It's just something about the way that he says, you know, like, I know that we'll see you. It's just the way that he raps his verse. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yep, yep, yep. I feel that. But it's also not just in pertaining to her, but it's also in like in anybody that you've lost in life, whether it's a girlfriend, a a boyfriend, a partner, a lover, a, just a friend, whatever. Like, it's just that whole, like, when I see you again, like everything will be cool. We'll be good. Like it's no big deal. Mm -hmm. And I have a couple, I have two for my cheer ups. One is um, CC Peniston's finally. Mm-hmm. Because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, first of all, again, I'm a 90s kid. So I'm going to scream that and sing it loudly. My poor neighbors. Oh my God. I sing and dance badly to it. Um, I almost threw my hip out doing the running man to it the other day. <laughs> I was like, I was hardcore with it too. It was like, finally. But like her, she, the way that she just carries that whole song and it's like, it sounds so one note, but she hits these highs and these lows that I can't even, they do something to my soul where I'm like, yes, yes, yes. And my other one is delight, um, grooves in the heart. Because no matter, what, no matter what mood I'm in, I can literally hear one, two, three, and every single time, I will automatically, and I go into the dance, and it's a whole thing. And like my kids to this point are like, it's like they play it in Trader Joe's, y'all, and I'm that person. <laughs> yeah, this is my Trader Joe's got the music today. Like that's what I'm talking about. But like those two are my like absolute cheer up. Like I'm feeling some type of way. I'm going to put on some Stacey Peniston. We're going to rock it out really quick. We're going to move our body and feel really good as opposed to trying to feel really sad. <laughs> like I can do the sad, but um, part of my Gemini is like, yo, we don't have time for that kind of negativity in our life. So let's just go on ahead and skip the melancholy and go right to the upbeat. Like, yeah. If I had been like a drug user back in the day, I'd been like super annoying. <laughs> I'm like, hey, let's go do the fun stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like the person that's like, let's do, get, do drugs and get sad and be like, yes, yeah. let's go paint a mural somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tell the world we love them. <laughs> Something like that. You're one of those fun hippies. I am. I am. I'm a very fun drunk. Um, <laughs> I'm a very entertaining drunk. I'm um, loose with the karaoke. So I, <laughs> and I don't sing. Well, I did. We do have video of me singing karaoke at that one time in San Diego. However, um, I will rap before I will sing all day long. But yeah, I'm a good time. I mean, I'm just, I'm honest. I'm a party in a box waiting to happen. And it's just kind of like, cool. You're not. I don't understand why. <laughs> That's the way you show oh, me. I try. I try. My poor kids. They're just like, <laughs> what is wrong with this woman? <laughs> well, I think we can all agree that we chose the perfect theme uh, to have Amber on the show. This has been absolutely incredible. Thank uh, you for yeah, we need to. Uh, we need to have you back again. 
This is I would love to come back. I love <laughs> talking music. I love I love you guys' podcast as a whole. I already listen. Um, I love and I'm a huge fan of all three of you individually, and I'm a huge fan of y'all together collectively. I appreciate y'all having me on. I love music. I love talking about music. I love picking your brains and hearing. Now, I've literally, like, my, I have Google open on another window because I'm like, ooh, wait, what song is that again? Hold on. <laughs> I'm old, so I don't remember shit. So I'm like, wait, what? What is that? He said, that's why we have Derek with the playlist. Yeah, I'm like, please yeah. hurry up. He's like Johnny on the spot with that. He's probably already got it done. Oh, well, I harass Derek on Instagram daily, one. Two, <laughs> I'm like, so what was that song? Like, any, like if he's playing music in the background, I steal every single song. I click on it. I write it down, like in my day planner. It's funny because I jot down songs, but I don't have any reference. It's just like the name and like the artist. And then I like go back and I'm like, what the hell is this? What was I? And I look at him like, oh, that's the song Derek was listening to while he was uh, like, uh, uh, yeah, 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 I like that. Uh, <laughs> says Doodoo Brown. So, funny story about that. I have a print on my on my bookshelf that says "Don't stop, get it, get it." And every time I look at it, that's all I hear: "Don't stop, get it, get it, don't stop." Yeah, love it. <laughs> oh man. Well, uh, we did not get to making up or breaking up. We we we. But I'll tell you what: since everybody does have probably a breakup either song or album. If you guys want to throw it out quickly so that we can get it on the playlist, I will just say very quickly, and this album, it's, 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 not, it's not a unique choice because it was, it was intended as a breakup album or it was written during a breakup, but Lenny Kravitz, Mama Said, is yep. like the ultimate breakup album. Um, so there you go. That's mine if you guys want to throw. Alanis Morissette, Jagged Little Pill. There you go. That is like the ultimate. You ought to know. Fuck you, Dave Collier. <laughs> <laughs> um, Thuggish, ruggish bone. Bone, <gasps> bone thugs. Ooh. Oh, my God. That is my soul. <laughs> it's the jam. And if you can find a, the – there was a dubstep remix that got played on a DJ show in Seattle one time, and I haven't found that one. But there are a few good dubstep remixes. That song lends itself perfectly to dubstep for some reason. The woman, Shatasha, gives herself a shout-out at the end. I mean, it does not get any better than that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Shatasha, just in case you were wondering who was singing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, uh, Hair Down, Kendrick Lamar. Mm. And Sir. Nice. There you go. Okay, I'm with that. Uh, now I got to go listen to some Kendrick. <laughs> Have you heard that song? You heard that. You haven't. You haven't ah, heard oh, I totally heard it, but it's been like a month. <laughs> I'm on like I've ha I have a really shitty playlist record right now where it's very like the same three playlists over and over and over and over again because that's all I can focus on and have the bandwidth for. So I gotta like create a new one and listen to something else. But I'm because I'm I sure my be like, I have three. I have, I have three new playlists waiting. I have and I'm working on two more. So great, can't wait. Send them nice. to me when you're done because my neighbors are tired of my ass. Let me just. <laughs> listening to that rap song again and i'm like well sorry <laughs> and i don't do i don't i probably theoretically if i could break them down because i do long playlists i don't do short playlists like i have like the uh the jazz is a remedy playlist that's got to be 
it's eight hours, I think. I was gonna say that's like that's some hours because I put it on one day, walked away, forgot that it was playing on my laptop, and came back and was like, Oh, well, this is lovely. <laughs> yeah. I don't That's, do short. Uh, yeah, I think because you had the mood. I mean, it's not enough time, and there's so much music out there. I mean, I'm 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 always looking for, and that's always been my thing. I'm always I'm I'm like that crackhead is looking for that you know that 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 high again. I'm constantly going everywhere. I always listen to um, um, some French music for some inspiration. Um, you know, uh, so I'm 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 all over the globe. I'm right, like right now. So um, enlighten me, where does one go for French music for inspiration? <laughs> like, are you in Spotify like French inspired music? <laughs> well, there's a popular, and I'll I'll let you guys. Uh, um, there is a um, there's this live. Um, it's out of Paris, and it's uh, it's it's uh, this DJ. He does this, uh, and it's it's a radio station. I have it bookmarked at the fine. I'll drop it in, into the group. But they do like these. Uh, these uh, every week they drop music, and they can. That's the cool thing about that. It could be hip hop. It could be anywhere. But they always include a lot of French artists too. Um, so it's really cool. I'm super intrigued, Derek. You are like I love it. Y'all are just. I love the way that all of y'all have like such very distinct genres, and but also not at all. Like it's very overlapping, and this is probably why I get along with you. <laughs> <laughs> like we can have these conversations because like I'm into all of the genres and I'm like ooh yes let me take notes on that one because I am not hip to it and then the next time we talk I'll be like by the way I've learned everything about this particular <laughs> yeah it's yeah. it's our it's our uh, curiosity and just adventurous streak and music yes. that, that that really brought us together and and. And makes us talk for way too long. <laughs> yes, that is who we are. And that is who we will continue to be. Right, so right. keep listening, guys. Thank you all for joining us, uh, the three states of sound. Actually, for this evening, we're the four states of sound. Uh, this has been incredible. We look forward to talking to you guys again. Listen to music, enjoy yourselves, and stay well.